Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that is meaningful, that they love, and to improve and develop relationships. I'm John Deloney, joined by Jade Warshaw, and we are taking your calls on money and marriage, life and work, all of it. 888-825-5225. Give us a buzz and we will, we may not know the answer, but we will sit with you and figure it out. Let's go out to Austin, Texas and talk to Kendra in the 512. What's up, Kendra? Hey, just hanging out. What's up, guys? We're just hanging out too. How can we help? (laughs) So 15 years ago, uh, my husband and I go to get married and he is very adamant. He does not want to combine funds. Absolutely not. We're going to split everything 50-50 from our separate accounts. So, okay, great. Now, 15 years later, I now make three times his income. I've worked really hard to get myself out of debt. And uh, now he wants to combine funds. Mm. And mm. I'm really struggling with accepting that after I've put in all the hard work and time wow. to say, okay. All right. Can I, can, how honest can I be with you? As honest as you want. This is not the main issue in your marriage and you know that and your marriage is on real thin ice. True or false? Yeah. True. True. Very true. This is a periphery issue that's way outside. The, yeah. the, um, contempt with which you're talking about your husband tells me there's way bigger issues going on here Mm -hmm. fair yeah money will take care of itself joining finances is something we like i i I can't wrap my head around making a kid and not trusting my spouse like making a human with my wife but not Mm -hmm. trusting her enough to share accounts i can't wrap my head around that so we do tell people man if you want to be unified join accounts this isn't that situation yet that kind of stuff often takes care of itself. Not always, but often. You guys got bigger fish. Tell mm-hmm. me what's going on, man. I honestly don't know. I think um, I just kept trying to, like, we had goals, and I kept trying to reach them. And I just but felt it like shouldn't I be I. It should be we for. kept trying to reach them. Yeah. No, it, it felt really alone, I would say. It's always been almost a roommate. Like, we live mm-hmm. here, and we've we just live that's the and single most that's the single most used word I hear behind closed doors sitting with couples. We're roommates. Mm-hmm. Or they laugh and try to chuckle the the tears away and say like we're like Michael Scott and Jim when we we're co-managers of our household, <laughs> right? But that's about it. Sure. There's no intimacy, there's no we're not both working towards this goal out there that we're going to go get. It is, I'm going to do my stuff. I'll get my report turned in on time. He didn't do his report on time. And now I got to do his right. his work. That is, I mean, that is a recipe for resentment and a relationship to end up in ash. Mm-hmm. If it's not there already. Yeah. And this is the moment when somebody at work is hilarious. And they text you a meme and you text back and then they text back and then you text back. And then a few days later, you're turning your phone over when your husband walks in the room or vice versa. Mm. That's this moment right now. If, if it's not already fair. Sure. It's not there. I know. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But maybe. Right. So right. Um, 15 I, years ago, I'm just curious, 15 years ago, did you want to combine money? And it was just him that was like, no. Or were you like, I'm yeah. good with being separate? No, um, I wanted to, but at the same time, um, I came from nothing at the time I was in school. I had a car payment cause I was an idiot at 18, bought a brand new car. Um, so 
I was like, you know what? I totally get it. I'll, I'll pay my half. Um, I'm responsible for myself. Fine. Um, so is he, is he just his, a deadbeat? Why do you resent him so much? No. Okay, let me ask this. You don't like him. Why? I, I don't know. Is he controlling? I, him. I know you love him. I know. I don't question yeah, that. Judgmental but you don't more, like him. Um, I think he doesn't understand. He was born more privileged, which is great. Uh, but he does, he discounts the hard work that everybody else has to put in. And so now that I'm somewhere, he's not, it's, Oh, well now this is part mine and we've earned it. And it's like, well, no, you didn't come to school with me. You didn't take care of the house while I was gone. Mm. I did all of this. Yeah. Y'all are in a mess, man. Um, y'all need to make an appointment with the marriage counselor by the end of next week. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I need you to be honest and strong and bold, as strong as you are presenting to us right now, mm -hmm. you need to be that strong in a therapy session and say those words out loud that you just said here. That's right. Otherwise, that's just going to fester and grow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it already has. It already has. We hear it. Mm -hmm. You don't like him. You think he is a scam. He is like a mooch off of you. And you think over the last 15 years, you've worked harder than him and his life has been easier than yours. And he just doesn't understand how hard work is. That might be 100% true and it might not be. And the reality is it doesn't matter because you believe it and you cannot have mm -hmm. intimacy if you are one-upping or one-downing your spouse all the time. And he might be doing the exact same thing with you. And maybe yeah. he is a total mooch. Just feed up, Netflix on, you know, tall boy in his hand, waiting on mama to bring home the paycheck and suddenly this is all ours. Maybe that's him. I think it was in the beginning... He viewed himself up here, mm -hmm. and she needed to mm -hmm. reach that standard, right? Yeah. And then when she blew past she that flew standard, past it, yep. whatever standard he created, and she accepted, then it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. Now I get to now. Now it's enough, and now I want to be part of it. And now she's. It's almost like now you're doing the same thing he did in the beginning. That's, that's, the I tables mean, turned. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't want that. I, I really, genuinely am trying to live for. A more mm -hmm. godly relationship, a godly marriage, but I just can't get over the frustration and anger. Yeah. So it, uh, even in the conversation now, it's not, mm -hmm. I want us to be one. I want us to enjoy all of this together and work hard to, you know, get better. It's, well, now you make more than me, so I don't have to worry about you spending all of my money. Oof, right. Well, that's not yeah. trust. That's not No, commitment. that's not that's a marriage. Just, mm -hmm. That's not a marriage. That's yeah. not even a good friend. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not even a good buddy. There's, remember back in like high school, there's always that one guy that's like, no, nah, bro, you owe me 436 because I got the Wendy's combo last time. That, just that <laughs> annoying guy. And then there's also yeah. that other buddy that's like, no, dude, I got it. No, I got it. I got it. And the fist fights were almost who was going to pay, not who wasn't. Like, that's marriage. Yeah. That's marriage. Um, so the great Esther Perel talks about, gave a very beautiful, elegant picture that I want you to hold tight. Okay. Here's the picture. It was talking, she was talking about a couple that had, um, one of them had cheated on the other one. And she said, the most damaging thing is couples all, whenever something like that happens, where there's a fracture in the relationship, they always want to go back to what was. Remember when, mm -hmm. right? And she gives a very beautiful picture where she says, you could not go on September 12th, the day after the Twin Towers fell and sweep up all the glass and steel and wood and all of that mess and use those same materials and rebuild the towers. They fell. They fell. You have two choices. You let them sit and let nature take it back over, or you get some professionals in there, you excavate it, you create something new. So I want to tell you, the relationship that y'all have had is over. 
Your choice now is, do we walk away or do we work together and do whatever it takes to build something new? Get in with a marriage therapist ASAP. Stay on the line. I'm going to hook you up with BetterHelp. That will help you all get in. I'll give you three free months to just get started. Call somebody today. Your marriage is in crisis. We'll be right back. It continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Welcome back. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm John Deloney, joined by Jade Warshaw. We're taking your calls on money and life, 888 5225 Let's go out to Rachel in Kansas City. What is up, Rachel? Hello, can you hear me? Rachel, yeah, we got you. What's up? Hey, um, so I'm 31 and my husband's 29 and we have a 10-month-old and we're praying for more and we have some assets and we wanted to know if we should just update our will. You have some what? Trust. Assets. We have some assets. Ah, like very okay. Money. Much better. Assets. Much better. Uh, sorry. Yes. Assets. Assets. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Assets. Yep. Okay, go ahead. So I was going to say. update our will. Okay. Or if we should go with a trust. And if we do a trust, what kind? And what's like a reasonable amount to pay a lawyer? And we just want to set up our baby for success and mm. be a blessing, not a burden to um, her guardians. Yeah. I think that uh, probably both. A will is good to just um, make sure that you have that initial setting there. But whenever you're dealing with a child, uh, I would involve a trust because let's just say you've got, you know, $100,000 in investments and you've got a home and God forbid something were to happen to you and your husband, you wouldn't want an 18-year-old to get mm-hmm. a bunch of money all at once, right? Plus life insurance. Plus mm-hmm. life insurance. And so with a trust, a tr- uh, it's a living document. So it's it grows with your family. It grows with your kids. And so with the trust, you could say, hey here's how we want to space that out. We want them to get this at age 18. We want them to get this. And you can uh, differentiate all of that. Whereas a will, it's kind of just all at once. It happens one time and that's it. You go through probate, that's it. And so that's, I would suggest that. I'd suggest getting with a lawyer. It's going to be kind of expensive, but nothing that you can't handle if you plan for it. Yeah, and I don't even think- do you have a, Do you have a, how much you think that that should cost? Because we've talked with one and then we were like, eh, we'll put it on the back burner. But now I feel like it's a little bit more of something- the, the would, last time um, I talked to somebody about a trust, it was about 2500 bucks, mm-hmm. but it was for a specific okay. real estate transaction. So I don't know if that's making your entire will. Um, I was working at a law school at the time, so I had a colleague that hooked me up in, in a pretty dramatic fashion. So um, yeah. that's like a super, super lucky there. But When I talked to, with, with Sam and I and ours, it was about double that, about around 5000 mm-hmm. Um And I recently spoke to someone who theirs was even more, more than that. Okay. So I think it just depends on 
what's going on in your situation, everything that's going to go into the trust, all of that sort of thing. So I would just get with a a lawyer and uh, Mm -hmm. start walking through that process and price it out. I mean, you're interviewing these people, so you don't have to go with the first person that raises their hand. But in the meantime, Mm -hmm. Rachel, um, it's super Mm -hmm. important. Um, Make sure you have a will of some sort. And we we partner with Mama Bear Wills um, and we'll put a link in the show notes there for Mama Bear Wills. Um, But get something in writing. Which is super important. Yeah, that's the first step. Do you guys have any sort of suggestions on what you would do for dis- disbursements? The estate would be about two and a half million. Um, and so we'd want to step that through in a way that would be responsible. Yeah. You know, Dave always says this, and I agree. Um, you stipulate it in a way that they're living their life uh, according to guidelines that you have set and talked with them about. And so that they understand. So uh, you want to make sure, you know, whatever whatever your clause is, hey, if you're going to get this money, you can't be doing drugs. You can't be uh, living out here just wilding out. These are the things that are going to have to be in place for you to get this money. And by the way, here's how it's dispersed. And the big key thing here is once your baby is old enough for you to talk to them about these things and they're mature enough to handle it, you need to be talking to them about it and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. here's what happens. Here's what you'll get. Here's what the inheritance is. And here's what this means. And so as long as you're having very clear communication about that, as soon as they're old enough to understand and it not be, you know, there's, there's a maturity here. You're not talking to them about this at eight years old, okay? But that part's in place. And, you know, the way my husband and I have it, anybody who's part of that, they know and they know what their job is and they know what the situation is. So as much con- conversation as you can have, you know, we're not talking about hundreds of millions of dollars here. So yeah. I think that there's just mm-hmm. an aspect of, okay, like an 18 year old, yeah, you're not giving them $2.5 million. You know, I'd probably, I I, I don't want to tell you what to do because this is your life, but I would be thinking, okay, they're pro- if I was gone and they're 18, they're probably going to want need money for college. They're going to need money for a new car. They're going to, you know, on and on. I'm going to want to give them money when I think it's time for their first down payment on their home. And then when, in their 40s, I'd love to help them out in this way. So I'm thinking about those milestones in their life and that's how that money would be dispersed. I'm thinking about when they might have children. I'm thinking about that. So really just, I mean, it's up to you and your husband how you decide this, but... um. And here's how we did it. And... Uh, I want to leave some of our stuff that's private, but I assigned a trustee who's somebody that um, I trust with my life and he knows me very well. And so, uh, and my wife very well, obviously. And so he is the custodian of this trust. And so if something goes sideways, then he will be responsible for making sure tuition is paid because I spent my career working with 18 year olds and I'm not given an 18 year old, no matter how great, and wonderful they are. I'm not going to give an 18 year old hundred thousand dollars. So they're going to be, he's going to make sure the tuition is paid and he's going to make sure that there's a drivable car. And there's a difference between what he would say is drivable and what an 18 year old with a hundred thousand dollars would say is drivable. Right. And mm-hmm. ultimately it's released in that way until my kids are reach age X when we'll start to release some of this to them. But the bigger deal for me was finding somebody that I trust in my absence. And I remember a conversation with my wife um, and again, when you're talking at Dave's money, when you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, we're in a totally different conversation. When you're talking our mm-hmm. money, like we have life insurance and a house and a couple of cars and, and you know a neat guitar that we like, something like that. Um, I said to you know who would ever take our kids when they're minors, um, I want to make sure that we get it in writing so they can't do X, Y, and Z. And my wife said, if we don't trust them that much, then why in the world have we named them 
as the new parents of our kids. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to spend my life trying to legislate life from the grave. I'm going to do I'm going to make as good a choice as I can. I am going to put it out there and give people wisdom. I'm going to get somebody I trust and then I'm going to have full peace. I think it's it's trying to control every single solitary mm-hmm. variable right now on the front end here um, that you're going to make yourself nuts. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, it does. We just, you know, we've never had a baby before and we just want to make sure that she's in a good spot, I guess, and, yeah. and any other kids. And it's not a burden. That's that's the thing that we really don't want to be uh, the, the people that are friends that have agreed to be grad parents. We just don't want this to be something that makes their life even harder with accepting. Mm-hmm. So flip that around, baby. flip that around, flip that around. Mm-hmm. They said, yes, we would be honored to carry on your legacy and raise your child. If something, God forbid, would happen to you. Don't take away their, um, their heart by trying to lighten that load. They're someone who loves you and is your friends. And they said, no, we'll carry this. Mm-hmm. And so if you then go, okay, but I'm going to try to make it as light as possible. No, no, no. They said, we're in. And so obviously do your part, do your part just for whatever it's worth. Having sat with people, parents who lost their kids or sat with kids who lost their parents, there is no way to prepare. You think there is psychologically and mentally. It's a burden. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. It's awful. Which is Mm -hmm. why we have a trust set up where at least we don't have to worry about food and shelter and education, Mm -hmm. right? So that we have the privilege of just being really, really sad and grieving and going through all that process. And so don't spend all of your energy trying to lighten the load on them. Do 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 your due diligence, find somebody you trust and say, here's where you're going to be the custodian of this money. This, it needs to go, they need to have their education taken care of. They might have to buy a bigger van though, because y'all might have three kids by that point and they have three kids and they have to get another van. That's some of that money's going to go to that, right? So Mm -hmm. let's sit down and talk to them. You trust them. To enough to take your kids and then let's put some guidelines on there and then let's take our hands off let's just don't get too too bananas about every single variable you're gonna make yourself nuts okay you're lucky to have great friends and i don't say you're lucky you've cultivated those friendships over time and so good for you that's fantastic uh, Jade, one of the hardest things to do is thinking about who's going to take your kids, thinking oh about gosh. not being here without our kids. And that's a hard thing to, to yes. think through. Rachel, good on you. Mm-hmm. Good parents. Millions parents. of people have children and no will. And there is simply no excuse for that other than cowardice and avoidance. Get a will, get a will, get a will. We'll be right back. Go out to Phoenix, Arizona and talk to Brandy. Brandy, this is the Ramsey Show. What's up? Hey, um, I just was calling because, first of all, I wanted to tell you, John, that um, I have engaged in some pretty destructive behaviors in our marriage um, with money, and I could never figure out why I was doing it until I started listening to you. Um, And so my husband and I have been able to kind of cut off with credit card debt um all of our cars are paid off we don't have any other debt besides that um i'm so proud of you decided well thank you it's awesome um but he has decided to sell his jeep that um he loves to pay off this credit card debt and i just feel really guilty because i know most of it was me making just really resentful and dumb choices yeah he loves that jeep he does. How much? 
Um, I mean, he he's willing to get rid of it. He want he no, not like that. How much does he love that cheap? Um, a lot. <laughs> I mean, give me an example. How much? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, a lot, I don't a think lot. He loves it more than like kind of a ridiculous part. amount, kind of like almost annoying. How much he loves his cheap? No. No, he's not like a jeeper. Like he doesn't <laughs> like that. Here, here, here's, what, here's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm getting at. He loves you more. Don't take that from him. Okay. He signed up ride or die with Brandy. And he's he's known for a long time you were hurting. And probably some of the fights y'all had were very tactical things about money and credit card debt. And you have done the hard work to dig in beneath that. What? Why in the world am I spending on this? Am I out of control here? Why when I get nervous or scared or when my mom calls, I spend like crazy, whatever. You did that work. And then he exhaled and went, oh, thank God. Now we got a plan. I'm all in. Okay. And a giant, giant go-kart with humongous tires comes way after the woman I love. Okay. <laughs> Sounds that cool? good. Guilt is fine. Mm-hmm. Guilt is fair. That's cool. It becomes ugly when your guilt becomes shame. And you know the difference? Um, guilt I is, not. I did some stupid things with money. Shame is... I am stupid and I always will be. Okay. It's okay to feel guilty. You did some did you do some dumb things with money? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's just your body doing what it's supposed to do. Letting you know. Let's don't do that again. Remember how that felt? That's cool. Shame is I'm not going to be able to breathe because as we're cleaning up, other people who love me so much have agreed to participate in the cleanup. And by the way, he signed up for that when he said I do. It's part of it. Okay. Cool. Um I guess yeah, I just was wondering with it too. Like, um, so we were two income. We've gone down to one income for me to go back to school because um, we have three kids. And anyway, um, I just I know that he would have sold his Jeep anyway to make like to provide more for them while we were one income. So every time things come up where it's like we're canceling music lessons or something for my kids, I just like feel so the greatest gift you can, the it. greatest gift you can give your kids is a well mom okay by a hundred miles way more important than a violin lesson or a whatever is a mom who has peace inside her chest mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and so every time you go to counseling every time you have to cancel something because you're back in school every time you are staying up late and you have to miss a ball game because you have an exam the next day exhale and think what a gift i'm giving my kids Mm -hmm. i'm giving them a peaceful mom a well mother i'm giving them warmth and laughter in their home because when i get out of school it's going to be gangbusters not i can't believe i missed this t-ball game whatever i promise you of all the t-ball games they have they're not going to remember the one you lost they don't even remember what they ate for dinner yesterday they will remember how mom made him feel. Okay. And was mom safe? Was mom anxious all the time? Was mom scared all the time? Or was mom the the one warm place I always knew I could go to? And that's the work you're doing right now. 
All right. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Do you believe me? Yeah. Um, you don't have actually, to. My kids are teenagers, so okay. I that makes it a little different, but I think... It doesn't. Can I, can I, like, can I tell you one more? Mm-hmm. Take each one of them out for breakfast. And tell them. Age appropriate. I would tell that differently to my 13-year-old than I would an 18-year-old. But mom's going through a hard season, and you're watching your mom become a gangster in front of your very eyes. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I have a mom that had a hard, some hard experiences Went back to school at 42, and you probably heard that story. Went back to school at 42, first community college class at 42, and then she took another one the next year and another one the next semester. And then she graduated with her PhD at 57. And then she got tenured as a professor at 63, and we all just celebrated her because she finished her last year at Oxford in her 70s. She had a whole gangster back half of her life that started when I was a teenager. And it was hard. She missed games. I had to make dinner on my own sometimes. And I wouldn't trade any of it for the the watching my mom take a machete and head out into a field and carve a path and watching my dad support her all the way. Wouldn't trade a second of that. Okay. okay. I've lived yeah. it. I've lived it. You're doing the right thing. I'm proud of you. Proud of you, proud right. of you, proud of you, proud of you. It's awesome. Good Thank for you. you. Yes, good for you. Call anytime. We got you. Let's go out to uh, Mike right down the street. Oh, are we going to run out of time here? You think so? Well, we're spending it. <laughs> <laughs> We've spent it. All right, let's run out right down the street. To, well, now we're now we're even later. Let's try it. Let's try it. Come on, Mike. Just so, just here's some inside baseball. The way my my when I look at the call that's coming up, I look directly up at, at James is right behind the screen. So sometimes I reach over to make a call and I see James grimacing as though someone just lit him on fire. And that means, no, John, you're making a terrible decision with your life. And so I went to take the call from Mike. Did he shake his head slowly? He looked at me and was like, you're failing the show. It's all right. So we'll catch him around. Um, let me circle so back here. So now you and I, we'll just That's right. chop it up. So, so let, me, let me ask you this based on that last call. You have two little ones. Yeah. And I only know by the, the literature. I don't know by personal experience what I would call the industrial mom guilt complex. Oh, man. You can't be home enough. You can't work enough. You can't be present enough. You can't be um, domestic enough. You yeah. can't be making enough money. The struggle is real. Okay. The struggle is real. I mean, I was, uh, before I came here to Ramsey, I worked from home and it allotted me a lot more freedom to be there for the kids. Mm -hmm. When I took this job, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know I shouldn't feel guilt about certain things, but I do. I missed my little boy's, uh, what is it? Uh, Teddy bears and tea parties thing at his kindergarten. And I felt (laughs) terrible, you know? Um, Will there be another teddy bear tea party? Yes, there will. I will be at that one. You know, and George Campbell invites us to those at his house all the time. <laughs> but look, I mean, I one of the things I value is cooking meals for my kids. I don't get to cook every night anymore. Mm. And that's OK. They also at the same time, my son sits out here behind the glass and he gets to watch his mom talk and help millions of people. Right. And, you know, sometimes I have to tell myself, OK, like this matters that matters too. All of it matters, the good and the bad. It balances itself out. And when you start feeling out of balance, 
and you start feeling some type of way you do maybe need to walk in and make some changes and readjust but it's a constant readjustment a constant rebalance you're constantly telling yourself okay am i doing enough do i need to change this do i need to change that that's just that is being a mom it doesn't I think, I think the more you could chop it up into seasons what's right for this season what's yeah. right for the next one what's right for the next one and reevaluate, reevaluate, reevaluate. It's hard. Yeah. And when y'all get it right, come tell me and tell me what the secret sauce Somebody is. Somebody write that I don't book. know it. <laughs> How to not feel guilty. You'd be a trillionaire. Woo. This is The Ramsey Show. We'll be right back. Today's scripture of the day is Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Wow. Talk about Good word. Talk about a word for James. Um, <laughs> the great and powerful meatloaf. What, what? Hey, one of the, one of the <laughs> wildest stories of my whole life was hanging out with meatloaf at Dave's house, Dave Ramsey's house. What? I, I will say this. Um, I went home that night and I told my wife. I woke but I her won't up. do that. I said, hey. I don't know how to say this, but um, I was just hanging out for the last hour with, with Meatloaf. <laughs> just me and him. I'm done. And she, half asleep, she goes, did you find out what that one thing he was, wouldn't do for love is? And I was but like, I no. Won't do that. Said, oh, he's so amazing. <laughs> amazing. I'll never forget that night as long as I live. Meatloaf said, I know you're looking for a ruby and a mountain of rocks, but there ain't no Coupe de Ville at the bottom of a Cracker Stop. Jack box. Why are you guys doing this? They're just trolling me, but I love, hey, I, I love meatloaf. And I asked him, hey, I can't call you like meatloaf. And he goes, no, call me meat. Stop. And I said, I was looking for like a Dan or a Rick. And he's like, nope. Loaf. They call me meat. First name meat, second one of, name One loaf. of the most amazing evenings of my life ever. All right, let's go out to uh, Tel Aviv, Israel and talk to Mike. What up, Mike? How we doing? Hey there. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for calling. What's up? Um, I have a situation that I think is uh, also a financial and also a relationship uh, stuff. Let's do it. Uh, um, my wife comes from a pretty wealthy uh, family, and we've been married since like two, uh, 2018. And uh, basically, we're now you know in control of our own finances. And, uh, you know, building our own uh, uh, line. And uh, basically, I'm just uh, struggling with uh, uh, overly expenses, you know. Uh, she expe- she expenses, her expenses are pretty much uh, higher than her income. Mm. So can I, and, like, um, can I ask you some yeah. direct questions that, uh, I'm going to ask questions that might sound like a little bit of tacky, but this is just me and you. We're friends, okay? Is that cool? Can you hear it that way? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, go ahead. And again, I ask this with all due respect, but is she a spoiled brat? She's spoiled, but uh, she also, in in a lot of the times, like she, were, she worked two jobs when she really wanted stuff. It's not taken for granted. It's really brave to do that. Sure. Not a lot of people do that. You Absolutely. know, work from uh, morning to night. Uh, but uh, regarding her, what she wants, what she wants to buy, and stuff like that, she can't really control it. I, I don't know if it's addictive, but hmm. it's a problem. 
my so she comes from a wealthy family. How wealthy? Um, like a couple of millions. Okay, okay, just a couple of millions. Yeah, so, it's not crazy. It's not okay, crazy so she's just used to you know a little bit of an upper lifestyle. She can she's used to eating what she wants, going out when she wants, going to the mall, getting what she wants. And so now you're like, hey, we don't have that kind of money. We haven't earned that yet. You got to cool out. And she's saying no. Yeah. And we have a baby. We just bought a house like two years ago, just after the pandemic and everything. And it's really crazy. Mike, have you have you had that clear conversation with her? Have you guys sat down and said, here's what's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've been doing that like for far for four years even before we bought the house and we've been to therapy for six months and i've been working now for two jobs and she's working uh, one job and uh, taking care of our baby and basically my question is is should i quit the job because my job is keeping us like over the water and if i'm quitting the second job and when i'm really really uh putting a lot to do that like i'm missing my son yeah i'm missing a lot of stuff and it's really hard because i'm really connected to family yeah and i'm missing on hobbies and but you're not making any traction for it exactly and appreciation or and a lot of a lot of times that money that i'm making for savings is going to the trash yeah yeah man this is hard um it's not a money problem i'll tell you that. no this is not a money problem at all um yeah. The hardest part about being married is that it's every single day. And the hardest part about being married is that it's two people have to be all in. And yeah. I would even go How as far. Do I do that? Well, I mean, you've, you've, you've checked off the things that like, that I would initially tell you to do. Like your marriage is in trouble. You need to have a direct conversation and not a direct conversation about you need to quit spending money like that. A direct conversation. Like I'm so scared. I can't breathe. Exactly. We don't make the kind of money that you grew up with and you are spending money as though you are. And I'm terrified. I'm missing our son. I'm missing my family. I can't do this anymore. That's a different conversation that is, that is you centric. It's not throwing grenades at her. It's saying, I can't live like this. Here's what's happening inside of me. Um, if you said you've already done that, my guess is that's probably a little more intimate, a little more vulnerable than you probably had the conversation earlier. You've all been talking for years about the spending and getting under control and we should have a budget and you need to quit using credit cards, all that. You've probably done that a million times. The next thing I would tell you is go get a professional. Go talk to a counselor. Sounds like you all have done that. Um, I would say look at the chaos in your lives, but COVID was brutal in your part of the world and y'all bought a house and now you got a kid and you're working two jobs and you're not home very often so there's a lot of chaos inside your house fair definitely so there's there's two paths forward here one is you have to protect your family finances and this is a almost never what i recommend this ever 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 and it goes against all of my core teaching except in this one moment if your family finances aren't safe because you have somebody in your um inside your home that is struggling with some sort of addiction and they are not taking steps towards getting well, you have to protect your family. Meaning, at some point, combining finances is not safe. Okay? 
If you're in danger of, like, let's say you decided, hey, we make enough money if we were to budget and live beneath our means. We make plenty of money to have a good whole life here without me having to work 20 hours a day and miss my entire child's life. And so as a family, I we're going to make this decision. I'm out. I'm going to work my one job. You're going to work your one job. And we're going to be a two-income family. And we're going to love our life. And if so doing, she continued to spend and y'all are going to get kicked out of your home, you would have to protect your family by moving money into a, a single account. Okay? You have to start taking okay. protective measures is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For, for now, we're not combining our uh, bank accounts. Okay. Not combined. We're, we're separated and the mortgage is going off on a, another account that is uh, mutual. Okay. So is she at this point? Is she just racking up debt on credit cards? Is that where it's? Yeah. 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 Is your is your and name on, is I'll your name give, on the credit I'll cards? Sorry, say again. Is your name on the credit cards? My name is not on the credit card, but we have loans going out, going off her account for the house, and it's a problem. You know, like she can she can block her own account, and I don't know if it would be any effect on on the house or something like that. But I, I can't live like under the pressure that I'm going to lose control yeah. of my life or have, that I'm have you said that? pushing forward. Mike, have you said that? Yeah, of course. Uh, we're also going on a second therapy tomorrow. Okay. Starting tomorrow. So here's, here's um, the, the, there's a, <sighs> this might not be a, this might not be a popular big, big opinion, question. but let me hear you say this. Let me, let me say this. You can cheat on your spouse with another person. You can cheat on your spouse with a golf club. You can cheat on your spouse with work. You can cheat on your spouse with finances. And I think going to a, a second counseling session and looking at this at your spouse, at your wife, and saying, this ends today. I have at my or what moment and or what is, I cannot continue to live under this stress if you continue to not want to be a part of this unified relationship. That's her opting out, and you're just calling the truth as it is. Hard, hard stuff, my brother. Let us know how that counseling session goes, but you need to be direct and bold and honest. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.